When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's make this older, dumpier, and whiter. (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right. Each Mackey and Judd show, Dave Harrigan asks three questions of significant importance, and we offer our answers. Today, Phil is out. Doogie is in for him, so the two of us will attempt to do the best we can, David, to provide answers for your fine questions. Well, let's do that. We've got uh, the opt-out thing happening by 11 p.m. tonight, officially in the NBA. LeBron. Then free agency opens 11 p.m. tomorrow. We've got free agency in the NHL opening midday on Sunday as well. A lot going on this weekend for the off-seasons, respectively. If there's going to be a headline that leads the show Monday morning, either NBA or NHL free agency related, what's it going to be? Doogie, you want to go ahead with So not just Minnesota-centric? You're talking league-wide. What is going to be the biggest headline? Or are we just going to say, (gasps) still waiting? I mean, I suppose LeBron makes a decision rather quickly. So I suppose the headline would be LeBron James in purple and gold. He's going to Los Angeles. I mean, uh, I think it's down to L.A. and Cleveland, so I've got a 50-50 chance on that. So I think, think it would it's be, going to happen that soon? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yep. I do. Yeah. Yep. LeBron. I don't think it spreads into the fourth, so whether it's Monday or Tuesday. But, yeah, could happen as soon as Monday. I bet it happens. Or Sunday. I bet it happens on Sunday, and, yes, the headline will be LeBron to La La Land in Monday's paper. Yes, I think Doogie's exactly right. Tavares uh, will sign a contract, I'm guessing, as I said, with Toronto, but he will be the primary headline mover and shaker in hockey. LeBron, obviously, will be in basketball. And I think LeBron, so the the report from Cleveland today is that he has decided to opt out. I think he makes his decision pretty quickly here. And I think, because he's not going to go around to teams now and be like, okay, Lakers, what what can you do for me? He knows. He's talked to them. So I think this gets done on Sunday. Now, Tavares, being a superstar, Going to a premier market like Toronto, let's say he signs with Toronto. That's a huge Canadian headline. I mean, that is huge in Canada. Oh, yeah. I mean, if hockey was more popular here in the States, I mean, certainly here in the metro, here in this state, but but across America, I mean, that would be enormous. But mm-hmm. just because hockey is lower on the totem pole, certainly LeBron leaving Cleveland for anywhere would be would trump that easily. And we are left to weep about the fact that all we, we can do, if you're a Wild fan at least, is look back on, uh, what, 2014? 
when Suter and Parisi signed on July 4th, and remember how it was when you had the ability to sign big-name free agents. Mm. Those were the days, weren't they? Oh, I came in. Fourth of July. Left That's mom right. at coffee, came in, did the show with Royce. We had Leopold on. It was really fun. Celebration. Let's focus on the Wolves. All right, limited money, obviously. There's only so much you can do. So let's say everything goes as well as possible during free agency uh, leading up to the start of the season for the Timberwolves. All of, you know, being realistic, everything goes as well as possible. Tibbs can get what he wants done. What's the ceiling for the Timberwolves next year in the Western Conference? <laughs> oh, I think this is pretty simple. I think the ceiling for the Wolves is um, probably around a five, four or five seed. Uh, and likely, uh, if that's the case, a first round exit. But I think they can get, I think they get a little bit higher of seed than they did this past year. But I don't have a lot of faith here. So I think they, they get a higher seed. They go into the playoffs and probably get bounced again. First round. By the way, you didn't hit the thing, Judd. We got to make it official. Oh, Judd. Thank you. My apologies. All right. The absolute ceiling entails Jimmy Butler staying healthy. You think about all the games that Jimmy has missed going back to the last X number of seasons. I don't see it happening, Doogie. So Jimmy needs to play 77, 78 games. I think it's the four seed, and I think it's winning in the first round. So you win that four or five matchup. Maybe it's the three seed. Maybe. I don't think you're climbing over Houston and Golden State. I mean, depending on if LeBron goes to the Lakers and who you can surround him with. Right. But I think it's a top four seed, so it's home court in the first round, and the absolute ceiling would be them winning a first-round playoff series then losing in the second round. If you say they're a four seed, they win the first round. Who knocks them out in the second, Doogie? Who's your one seed right now? That would be the Warriors. You think they'll get the one, not Houston or L.A. with LeBron? You know what I mean? Golden State showed that it doesn't matter, right? So, I mean, Golden State's going to rest its guy, so maybe it's Houston. Or L.A., but I will roll the dice on the defending champs and say Golden State and decides to play for the one seed next year. Magic comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Magic's dishing Everybody. the ball off to LeBron. Think about this. Hey, it's Kareem. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's fun being a Wolves fan, huh? Uh, You're making the playoffs great. again. Um, I just saw this uh, via Deadspin. Uh, James Dolan might be looking to sell the Knicks and Rangers. What? Mm. Yeah. Uh, MSG Knicks stock. fans say hallelujah. Yeah. Exactly. MSG stock did a little surge the last couple days because apparently he laid a little groundwork. He's looking at spinning the Knicks and Rangers off into a separate company that would make it easier uh, for him to sell those franchises. So people are speculating this this might be the plan for James Dolan as he I don't know, pursues that music career or something, whatever he's doing with the band. They What's his band again? Oh, what is the name? James and the no, JD and the Straight Shot. Thank you. That's it. JD and the Straight yeah, Shot. It's, it's phenomenal. Have you heard him, Doogie? No, nor do I want to. Oh, you're about to when we come back from break. No, please. Oh, no, not you as have bumper to. music. No, you're going to. You're Don't actually subject me to that. Here's please. the thing, Doogie. You're going to hear it and think, oh, that's actually not so bad. Yeah. And then you're going to hear James Dolan, the lead singer, and say, oh, that's not so good. <laughs> the band he's hired is is not bad. Yeah, they're professional they're musicians, yes. He's hired great musicians, well, but he just wants to sing, and then it's it's not good. Right. So, you anyway, can play it for me. The question yeah, I mean, he's is... He's got the money. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I've always said this. 
If the question is, should he sell, should he not no, sell? No, that's not the question. Okay, because you can make more money than ever right now, especially if you're selling an NBA team. So if that's I was Glenn crazy. Taylor, I'd sell. The question is, but since, give me the question. since those are absolutely two heritage franchises, Knicks and the NBA, Rangers and the NHL, if you had all the money in the world and could buy one franchise out of the big four, one each out of the big four, who would you own? Hmm. You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking, which is um, dangerous, but I am. So I've got I've got the ability to buy one franchise. All the money in the world. Okay, you're buying one. You know what I do? In each of you the know big what I four. do? My first team I, I buy National Football League. Guess which team I buy? Packers, because you're a big Packers fan. No, I buy the Packers. So all of those people <laughs> with their little <laughs> certificates, and I ask for all of them back. Send me. I now own your franchise. Send me your little hundred dollar <laughs> cute piece of paper back. As you're out. I buy the people's no more team. stockholders meeting. I know. No, that's out. I buy. I get all, <laughs> and I say, you now own a piece of paper. That means nothing. I want that piece of paper back. I own the Packers. I own them. You don't. Not You're I, done. That is a good one. That's a really good one. What about the other three, Jed? Uh, National Hockey League. I buy the uh, Florida Panthers. And I contract them. <laughs> I immediately contract them because I do what Gary doesn't have the doesn't have the ability or the guts to do. Because the National Hockey League needs fewer teams, and they probably ideally should move to and contract a couple. I contract them. I buy them and I kill them. So that's my second one. NBA. I think I would buy the Celtics just because it's a Herod. It's a great. Old franchise. And now you're a Boston guy. And I'm a Boston guy after being to Boston, and so I could go there and drink a ton of harpoons courtside and watch my Celtics play. I got a great coach. I got a nice team. I got Kyrie. So I buy the Celtics. And that leaves me with the MLB. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I might buy the Twins. I might buy the Twins. I might try and turn her around. I might try and, I might, I buy the Twins. You know what I'd do? I'd buy the Twins. You'd hire a 13-year-old manager? No, 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 no. Buy a radio station? <laughs> nope, wouldn't do that either. Wouldn't do that. In fact, I'd sell them off because I just bought the team. I bought... Uh, portable I bought Stadium? The pull ad. No. Who was the guy years ago no. that wanted to you know what the do? Portable Stadium? Remember that? Oh, uh, Chris Clauser. Yes. Do you okay. know what yes, I would do? You. Yes. I would buy the Twins and shutter bat and barrel immediately. Of course you would. That's what I, I would buy the twins. I would change the game ops too. I, I I would change the music. I would change all the advertisements, which drive me crazy. Which, which I learned in Boston, you don't need. Boston has a great. Their game ops are fantastic. Shutter bat and barrel. Close it down. Closed for business. Redo it. Get it back to the Metropolitan Club. Reopen it at that point. Those are my four. Doogie. All right, let's start hockey. Give me the iconic franchise that needs a Stanley Cup that's in a position to win one in the foreseeable future, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very Cubs-like. Tough business yeah, in Canada, sure. but Maple Leafs might be worth it. It is, but, I mean, look at Maple Leaf ticket prices. Our good friend Tom Linneman lives up there. I mean, it's still in demand. Of course. You can't lose money owning the Toronto Maple Leafs, so give me the Maple Leafs. On the MLB side... Yeah, the Red Sox. I mean, they do everything right. Plus, I get New England Sports Network, so I can make money that way. Yeah, you're right. There's so many different money-making opportunities when you own the Boston Red Sox. You, you control Bruins, all of New England. Bruins rights, then? Yeah, so give me the Boston Red Sox. On the NBA side, the Memphis Grizzlies, so I can move them to Vegas 
<laughs> or Seattle. I've got opportunities to move them. I love what you're doing. And right make now. a ton of money. So give me the team that makes the most sense to move, to relocate. I love this. That idea. would be the Memphis Grizzlies in right. my mind. And in the NFL, hey, I guess give me America's team. Everything's in place. Right? The infrastructure's in place. You can't screw that up. I can make a lot of money owning the Cowboys. Plus then Jerry so give me the Dallas out. Cowboys. And then Jerry Jones is gone. Yeah, I guess. And we gotta call it Doogie World instead of Jerry World. <laughs> <laughs> Droogie. It, it can be Droogie World. He'll inherit uh, the franchise from you. Uh, Outstanding. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Doogie. All right. Uh let's take a break and come back. And you do have to hear. Uh, JD and is is it the straight shots? Is that correct, David? JD and the straight shot. Okay, because this you're you're going to come back and hear this and think that's pretty good. And then, like Dave said, the singing's going to start. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. We'll be back in the game before you know it. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. We now continue with more Mackie and Judd live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on fifteen hundred ESPN. JD and the straight shot. I don't know if you remember this but one, every, Everything else is good. It is. I, great I, I, this is right up my alley. I like this music. Here's, uh, we played this in stuff. I want to say it was, let's yeah. see, June 22nd, 2017. This yeah. is the date. JD and the straight shot made an appearance at City Winery in New York City to play a set. I remember this. And they wrapped up one of their songs. And here was the reaction. <laughs> Hey, is that Carmelo hey, Anthony? Your, your singing voice, your singing voice leaves a lot to yeah, desire. You're a bad singer. Don't quit yeah. your day job. You're right? a bad this singer. Terrible. This is terrible. I want my money back. <laughs> no, quit your day job. Quit your day. Sell those teams. Quit all your jobs. Sell the Knicks. Quit them all. But uh. it's so funny because the music, the musicians, the backing vocals. I like the whole thing until he sings, <laughs> and he's he's not. I don't think he's atrocious, but he's not great. Yeah, no, I've heard but worse. It's but. so it's so funny because everything else, I'm like the first time you you played him that band, I was like, this is I love you this. liked it. Yes, I was way into it. They and were on the Tonight Show a few months ago. Stolen. <laughs> what did the goofball who's screaming give me my money back? What did he think he was signing up for? He probably just hates the Knicks. Yeah, he probably just wanted to show up and mock, yeah, I, I assume. <laughs> I mean, James I Dolan. Maybe back. it was Charles Oakley. I don't know. Yeah. James Dolan. Yeah, is, or Mellow or, yeah, somebody. Is awful. I mean, as far as... far as Now, with the Rangers, my sense is he doesn't screw with the Rangers too much, and so it's not too bad. But with the Knicks, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. That is a heritage franchise. It is a shame that the Knicks aren't good. And the Knicks haven't been good in how long? 18 years? They they with Van Gundy they got pretty good, mm-hmm. but that was the era of of basically checking basketball. But they haven't been good in nearly twenty years, and that is a franchise I like it when the Celtics are good. I like it. I think it's more fun when the Lakers are good, and the Knicks. I would love to see be good because I think it'd be fun. But he always meddles with that franchise. Now I believe they have a path. To get a max player a year from now, Kyrie Irving has New York ties. 
What about Kyrie Irving on the Knicks a year from now, transforming that franchise? Porzingis is back from the ACL. He may miss just about all of next season, but in two years, Porzingis is back. When is he going to be I back? I like the Knox kid they took in the first round from Kentucky. They might have a chance, or you could trade Knox. Didn't I see a picture some good of, of Porzingis on like a, jumping off a boat or something? Did you see that last week? No. Yeah, I did was... see LeBron going cliff diving yesterday. Okay, that would make me nervous, but he's not hurt. If I am, if I had a player under contract with a torn ACL, and I see him jumping off a boat, I think I'd make a phone call. I say, "What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Correct. What are you doing?" Well, there might even be language in his contract based on what he can do and can't oh, it do. Should absolutely be okay. So, so you, you found the silver tweet? Is that correct? The Nate Silver tweet? Yeah. Now I lost it. This computer is slow. <laughs> Wait, give me a sec. Hold all on. right. Okay. I appreciate all the tweets. But now I got to scroll down, and now my computer well, is frozen. It, it did include Houston and Golden State. Let me go to my phone. My phone is faster. All right. So, so it this did is include LeBron, Houston and Golden State. So I originally thought it excluded those teams this. and included those teams. So this, Nate Silver, yep, this genius, he comes up with these complicated mathematical formulas that oftentimes check out. He's got some formula, right, mm-hmm. where a lot of this stuff ends up happening. So he predicts a bunch of stuff, and a lot of it ends up happening. He's got the Wolves among six teams that have a better than 50% chance to win a championship in the next four years if LeBron James goes there. So let me see if I can find the teams. It was Houston. It was Golden State. Mm-hmm. It was the Wolves. And it was Philadelphia. Here it is. Thank you, Colin Nelson. Houston, Golden State, Philadelphia, Utah, the Wolves, like and the Celtics give LeBron greater than a 50% chance to win a title under a four-year contract. Now, Nate offers his own opinion in the final sentence of this tweet. Of those, we think Philadelphia would be best for his legacy. Does he give any reason why Philadelphia no, would be best? No, I mean, you're limited with the 280 characters. No. Okay, so so he's clearly not But that's factoring. another iconic franchise well, sure. that hasn't won at a big-time level for many years. They've won titles, right? But it's been a long time. So he's not factoring in in the salary cap circumstances, though, because with the Wolves, it's just it's damn near impossible. Correct. I mean, unless he's willing to come here for five million dollars, yeah, it is darn near impossible. How do they not know? now that he opted out? I mean, if he opted in, maybe you could work a trade. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, now that he opted, well, he didn't really opt out. He just chose not to opt in. Yeah. To the contract, he really didn't. Because he mean, could resign. Though. Technically, yeah. I mean, he could. So he didn't really opt out. There was nothing to opt out of. He just didn't opt he didn't in. Take it, yeah. yeah, but he would have to come here now for five million dollars. I mean, ex- I just I don't see it. I'm sorry. Can you explain to me, uh, salary cap wise? So three or four years back, I think three years back now, it went sky high because the new TV contract kicked in, and the players they told the players that they could slowly get the salary cap up, but they had the right to have it skyrocket in one year, and they said we'll, we'll take option B. Can you explain to me? Is there anybody who's employed by teams that should have an inkling of what the cap is going to do, or is this completely arbitrary? Because it is amazing that the cap went that high, and then we expected it to to climb more and more, and it seems like this is the year now where it's really stopped, and now it's going to go up, I think, again next year. But that's the one interesting thing about these sports. Football seems to be the only one where there's an inkling of what the cap is going to do. Hockey, there doesn't seem to be any. And basketball now, it looks like the same circumstance. I mean, I can tell you, the Wolves employ two guys that are cap experts. Manny Rohan is a holdover from the flip days. I mean, it's a name that nobody knows, 
He'll never be allowed to talk to media. And what's he doing? I don't know exactly, but he's known as a cap expert. And then Noah Kroom, the Wolves' assistant general manager, you know, with his agent background, his lawyer background, he is a cap expert. But what exactly they do on a day-to-day basis, I'm not entirely sure. But right. those two in particular, and I would hope that Scott Layden as the general manager has some working knowledge of the cap. Brian Pauga, personnel guy, yeah, he's more on the scouting side. But I would hope in that position, when you have that much responsibility, that you have some working knowledge of how the cap works. I'm saying an inkling of where it's going to go or not go. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's hard to predict based on where the TV money's going, right, and the TV contract. When's the TV contract up? So I, I think that's a hard one to predict. You know, I think what these guys need to do, though, is, like, look at the Taj Gibson contract a year ago. Now, Taj was phenomenal last year. I was initially told that he had another offer, either from the Nets or the Thunder, that would have paid him close to $14 million a year. But then I've now heard more recently that nobody was touching $14 million a year. His next highest offer might have been 8 or $9 million a year. So somebody with the Wolves should have had an inkling, why are we That's giving Taj Gibson two years, $28 million? He's already got the relationship with Tibbs. He's got the relationship with Jimmy. So is, We can recruit him is that anyway. On, on Tibbs then? Well, I don't know if it's on Tibbs as much as it is on some of the others in the front office that it should have been able to take the temperature of the market. Right. Because now we're talking about how they may not have their full mid-level, that they're up against it cap-wise, and Bobby Marks from ESPN will join us at noon. He can lay out a lot of this because he's the expert, not me, not you. But they are <laughs> no, up against it. That we know. But they wouldn't be up against it if they hadn't given Taj Gibson so much money. But hey, he earned the money. He was phenomenal. He had a career year in many ways Mm -hmm. last year. But I'm just saying, if his next highest offer was eight million a year or nine million a year, why did you give him fourteen million a year? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Chris Singleton of ESPN Baseball Analyst, he joins us next uh, for his weekly visit. We will talk about numerous subjects with Chris, including Ichiro possibly being in the home run derby. The show is Mackie and Judd Doogie in for Phil. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No! No! Oh my God. no. Now! I need it now! Yes! I can't wait! Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. All right, people, let's get ready. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins now with former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. Hello, Chris. How are you today? Good, guys, man. It's happy Friday, and uh, I'm getting ready to head up to New York for a big series in the Bronx with the Red Sox-Yankees. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's huge, yeah. Uh, But before we start there... Your thoughts on the potential of a home run derby that uh, that something should include Ichiro, who is, I don't think he's officially retired, but he's not playing now. But uh, it doesn't sound like this event has lost its luster in the fact that you do have a lot of the big boppers who don't don't want to take part at this point, Chris. Yeah, I would say stop it with the Ichiro talk. Like, let's just let's just stop it. All right, it's it's Ichiro's career's essentially over his Hall of Fame career. Um, we're going to see him in Cooperstown uh, not too long um, from now. But, you know, it's like Ichiro's been a great player, and it's been an incredible run and fun to watch, but it's just such a reach. Not that he doesn't have pop and people say home runs, but, right. you know, there's a time also where you got to 
you know, you just got to turn the page and sort of, you know, move on with life. And, and it's obvious if you read, you know, the big feature on him and I think it was ESPN, the magazine or, Great piece. or Sports Illustrated. Yeah. But I mean, you obviously see that each rose, you know, he's got like a death grip on the game. And, and this is something that, you know, is going to be uh, next to impossible for him to ever, you know, walk away from. But you know, let's just let it kind of rest there. And the other thing is, I mean, when Ichiro was playing, there were years where, you know, people wanted him to be in the home run derby, and he didn't want to do it while he was playing. So it's like, why Why now? It, right. it just, it wouldn't be best for uh, for baseball just even in that look. Do you still enjoy the the derby, Chris? And if not as much, because it does seem like there's, there's more and more guys that don't want to take part in it, what would you do to uh, tweak it or try and get it back to being a little bit more fun? Well, I like the fact that several years ago you went to a, a clock um, instead of just, all right, you got, you know, 10 balls, 10 outs or whatever. Uh, the shot clock, if you will, I thought brought, you know, the urgency and excitement and really changed. You know, we cover that. John Shambi and I, uh, you know, do the home run derby on the radio. I'm on the field. He's in the booth for, you know, the, the time. And then I go up towards the end and, you know, it gets a little mundane. I mean, it's one of those things we joke on the air that, all right, we got the derby coming off, and we try to make it sound like it's going to be great. But it's really it, it been more of a, a, a tough job than anything else. Um, but once they added the clock, it really kind of rejuvenated things and, and created an excitement and urgency. Uh, so I, I think that was a positive. You know, at this point, there there have to be some concerns uh, that ESPN has when you hear that, okay, players like, you know, Trout or – you know, Stanton or whoever don't want to participate. And we know last year, you know, uh, Judge um, had, you know, an issue with his shoulder in the second half of the season that, you know, really troubled him and, and hurt his numbers. And, you know, part of that was, I think, exacerbated by the, the home run derby. So guys are getting smarter. And I think when you look at some of the players you would, you know, what you want to see for the most part, they're on contending teams and they understand more than ever the value that they have to their club. So, there has to be a bit of concern in terms of ratings for ESPN um, because for MLB, it's going to be what it is. I mean, people are going to be at the ballpark. It's going to be a, a fest, if you will, fan fest. But uh, ratings-wise, could take a hit. Chris, on to the series you will cover this weekend, I guess more specifically the Boston Red Sox. What did you think of the move they made last night, acquiring Steve Pierce, a righty bat from the Blue Jays? I'm also curious and you know, want to see if, if they're still looking at another righty bat. Now, they signed Brandon Phillips earlier in the week to a minor league deal, but I'm curious if they will call the Twins to inquire about Brian Dozier. Dozier. Wow, that would be fun to see him uh, with the green monster, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be real fun. Wouldn't be real fun for Twins fans, who I know he's loved by the fans. He's a great guy, great player. Uh, but yeah, the, the Pierce move was, you know, it's one of those moves that's, you know, it's not going to be an everyday impact, you know, type of move, but it does give Alex Cora more depth. And you got a right-hander that, uh, you know, is, is definitely going to help you, um, you know, with left-handed pitching. Um, you know, you kind of mix in defensively, you know, more of a liability than anything else. But, um, you know, we'll give you some, some opportunities, you know, in that DH spot or even pinch hitting. Um, I think Steve Pierce is one of those guys that, uh, you know, his – type of player is you know a, on a championship team is is a guy that you know flies below the radar but's very 
very important to have because you you want to have that legitimate threat coming off the bench. And I think um, that's what he'll provide for them. You know, Xander Bogart's being hurt um, and Dustin Pedroia's uncertainty and everything else. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, they're looking at, at some depth there. And then you have, you know, young player endeavors at third base. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to really try to figure out my thoughts with Boston. Is it the biggest move and splash that I could see them make that I think could happen which would you know rock the world a little bit is getting Manny Machado you know mm. from the Orioles and um sending Devers and maybe sending Jackie Bradley um you know giving those two players up for Manny Machado because you know they're going to have to they're going to have to do better than Brandon Phillips and Steve Pierce if they're going to beat the Yankees and win the American League East division um they're going to need more than just additions like that I'm curious. I mean, I think Machado is going somewhere. I think the fallout to tie in the local club, the Twins, I think some of the teams that swing and miss on Machado will come calling the Twins about Eduardo Escobar. So whether that's the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Phillies, maybe the Red Sox, I'm curious your opinion on Eduardo Escobar. Um, first, you know, personally, I'd say I, I like the kid. I mean, he's, he's just, in my experience with him, um, just a really nice young man. And then obviously what he's done, for the twins stepping up, you know, uh, just in the absence, you know, shortstop that was suspended and the way he's performed with Eddie Rosario. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, sort of a swing guy. You see him, you've seen him play every day and, and do really well over the long haul. You know, the question is, Hey, is he an everyday player or is he a super kind of utility guy, um, that, you know, gives you, real depth so that you have a stop gap and if someone gets injured if you're on a on a team that's more stocked um or stacked with with premier players um it makes a, a team like that you know that much stronger but you know i think uh there's a window of opportunity and and in this landscape where teams are having to you know really identify sort of those you know kind of below the radar players because there's so much information out there and everyone knows, you know, teams know what's what. So finding that that impact player um, that it's not so obvious and that you've got to say, hey, if we put this player in a certain environment or situation, we think based upon the numbers and what we've seen, they could really flourish. Um, you know, I think Escobar would would definitely fall into that category. And I, and I think, you know, you've seen it with guys. I mean, J.D. Martinez is an easy guy to, to look at to say, okay, Houston basically dumped him. He went to Detroit. He changed his swing. He got around, you know, the players he is. He got put into an environment, you know, kind of a late bloomer. But look at him now. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game offensively. Right. So, if, so, so Chris, if you, uh, if you were Boston, would, would you call up the O's and offer that package that would include Bradley, Devers, and guys like that? Because that would be a hell of a rental, but that being said, at least in the case of the third baseman, it would be given up a lot, too. It would. Um, yeah, it would. But I think, you know, just looking at it, I mean, Boston's got to they – they got to do something, and, and they have to – you know, in terms of the window, um, I think the window is – is really like right now it's not going to get any easier um with you know the yankees have money to spend they're young talented exciting it's only going to get harder 
um, in, in my opinion, to compete with the Yankees and, and stay on top of them. So if you have that opportunity right now right. Um, to get that player like Machado, I think you have to go for it. Where in your mind uh, this winter does Bryce Harper land? What's your best guess wow. there? Japanese league. They're, they'll just <laughs> open up. They'll back up the truck because you know what? The free agent market here has been you know down. And, yeah. And even with the year that the year that he's had, you know there there could be a, really. I mean, the way it looks right now, there's a chance that Harper's uh, you know back in in Washington next year. I mean, quali- you know, qualifying offer accepts it. Plays wow. one year. You know, um, you know if he doesn't if he doesn't have a great second half, you know, you take that. You know that one-year offer. It who knows twenty-five to thirty million. Who knows what it is? Go out, have the year, and then you know get that that bigger contract that you wanted. I, I don't know if if he continues, you know, in the vein that he has to this point, it it might not be in his best interest to to try to go out and take that multi-year deal right now because of the market. Chris, I'm curious. I, I hope that producer Dave uh, sent this to you, but if not, I'm sure you you have a healthy opinion of Tori Lovello, the Arizona manager. Regardless, he finished runner up to Paul Molitor a few years ago, and I'm looking at the success he's now having in Arizona. I mean, he strikes me from afar as one of the more brilliant managers in the game right now. Not that I'm not a Paul Molitor guy. I mean, I've admitted for years, and in many ways, I'm a I'm a Molly apologist. But I think he takes too much heat here in town. But I'm curious your opinion of of Tori Lovello, and maybe if the Twins messed up a few years ago not hiring him as their manager instead of Molitor? Well, I have a very high opinion of uh, both those guys. And just speaking, you know, to to Tori and having really, you know, been fortunate over the last year to log some Arizona Diamondback games. In fact, I have one coming up uh, in a week and a half. And, you know, we don't get a lot of Diamondback games at ESPN, but you know, seeing Tory when he was in Boston, bench coach for John Farrell, and then witnessing, you know, him as a manager, you know, the skipper, uh, and just seeing, I mean, he's got a, he, he's got a great demeanor. He's got a great way of communicating, you know, with his players. He, he's easy, but he's not soft. Um, and he understands today's player and and being able to communicate and and being able to you know just thinking of a time where last year doing a game and having a conversation with him in his office as we were doing pregame stuff and he said listen i just had a conversation with the player and the player was having some struggles and they were struggling a little bit emotionally with their performance and and everything else and he said when i w-, he said when i was a player if a player ever shared that with their manager or teammate, they would be like kind of exiled in a way. This guy's soft. He can't play. He says, this is how much different the game is now that I have to, to keep my door open and I, and I got to be willing to listen and have some empathy, but also have some challenge at the same time and not characterize that player now as, Hey, he's mentally weak or he's, so it's just a big, he embraces somewhat of the psychology, if you will, of, connecting with today's player and trying to coach him up. So, yeah, I've got a, a, a very, you know, high esteem for him and, and what he's done. And, hey, they weathered a really tough May and have had an incredible June. And uh, good for the Diamondbacks because, I mean, they, it was a free fall, it seemed, in May. 
Your your best guess, does Otani come back in DH but but not pitch again for the Angels this season, Chris Singleton? Oh, it, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be even very careful with that um, in terms of, you know, him DHing. They, they have very much, you know, um, just had the, the, the kid gloves on him this year and try to keep him out of uh, too intense or high-pressure situations get that extra day of, of rest, recovery, and all that. And I, and I would say the Angels have done a really good job uh, managing that up to this point. And, and things had come together well in terms of the team's um, success and everything and consistency for him to stay sort of on a nice little schedule. Um, but with that said, he's young, <clears throat> um, and it just appears that they are truly going to make the decisions that are going to be best for his health and for his longevity. And so uh, I would see them even being a little bit, you know, hesitant with the, the amount of, of DHing opportunities if, if we get to that point. Chris, we'll leave you with this. Did you see the just craziness, the wackiness in the College World Series the last couple nights? I've seen some highlights. I, I honestly haven't seen, um, you know, much, if any, of the games. Um, I've heard, you know, it's been exciting. Obviously, Oregon State won. Um, I got a text from a buddy who's, you know, big Oregon State guy the other day, and he was, you know, he was like, OSU something. So I, so I figured, okay, OSU must have had a really good comeback, um, you know, whatever, a day or two ago. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean unfortunately, no, I, I don't have enough time to, to to pay attention to it too closely. And since, you know, my team, Nevada, you know, my college baseball teams, you know, hasn't been able to get there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you need to find it because two nights ago, Arkansas you probably saw has this. a ball drop in foul territory down the first baseline. The right yep. fielder is is coming toward the ball, the first baseman, the second baseman. If they catch that foul ball, the game is over. Arkansas wins the College World Series, the best of three, two games to zero. The ball drops, okay? Oregon State is still down to its final strike. There's a guy on second base, so they come through. There's a hit. They tie the game. Then the Twins' first-round pick, Trevor Larnick, ends up hitting a home run. Oregon State then wins. That was a two-run homer. Oregon State wins game two. They tie the series 1-1, then they win last night. But Arkansas had it. It was right there. Three players. They were right there. Just catch the ball. The game is over. You are the national champs, and the ball dropped. It was just It was crazy. I, I, feel, I feel bad for those guys, and not that you you know, place blame on anyone, but just the fact of being that close. And, uh, you know, that, that is a thing to, whereas even if you play major league baseball, if you polled, you know, a good number of guys and say, Hey, what was one of the things that you, you know, you wanted to do in your baseball career? I'm sure you'd have a high percentage of guys that said, I, I would have wanted to go to the college world series mm-hmm. when, you know, the college world series. And so you feel bad, you know, for those Arkansas players, um, you know, to be so close and, and to not get it. I mean, the only thing I could compare that to sort of on a personal level was a couple of years ago, uh, be, living here in Atlanta and, and becoming a Falcons fan and that Super Bowl against the Patriots where yeah. it was like, it was over, like the party, everything was being planned for the party um, celebration. Sounds familiar for game. Vikings fans there, Chris Singleton. Oh, man. <laughs> Seen that one before. That's hard. Thank yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Chris. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the series there in New York. You too. All right.
Check out Chris in the booth on a Sunday ESPN a baseball game carried right here on the station. Red Sox and Yankees. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA insider, will join us. And don't forget also in the last hour, it is a game show Friday. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Guys that can make a difference. Guys that can give you that spark. Guys that give you something just a little bit different. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and supporting Minnesota's military veterans and families this Saturday, tomorrow at the 2018 Patriot Ride. It's at the Anoka County Airport starting at 9 a.m. going till 3. The event features a 70-mile ride, food, music, vendors, and more. Bike registration is open. will also be available at the gate. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, David. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA Insider, will join us uh, next. Also, don't forget there's going to be a game show before we are done t- uh, today. Mackie and Judd today is Zolgad and Doogie. Chris Singleton, Darren, said something that really interested me. And I don't know he's wrong. Bryce Harper's value. He basically said with the way, with the free agent market the way it was last winter, and with the expectation that that might not change in a huge way, that Bryce Harper might be best served to take the qualifying offer from Washington, play 2019 under that, and then try again. If you think about that, that would be a big surprise. But I do contend he's right. The market was so weird, and Harper Harper's power is still there. The average certainly is not. And the qualifying offer would be so huge for him. I wonder if there's a fighting chance that that could at least come close to uh, taking place where Bryce Harper plays another year in Washington under a one-year massive contract. Bryce's agent is Scott Boros. I just struggle to see Boros advising Harper to take the qualifying offer, which will be what, approximately get... close to $18 million, $17.5 million, $18 million. Get, but is he going to get paid what he I think so. I think people look at more the big body of work, not necessarily the body of work for May and June. I get it. The last six-plus weeks have been a struggle for him. Heck, the Nationals. Look at how many times the Nationals have been shut out here in June. It's like six or seven times. Yeah. That entire team has gone down the drain. But I still think his body of work over a number of years speaks for itself. So who pays him? Yankees, you think? I mean, I think Machado's going to Philadelphia. So if Machado's going to Philadelphia, they still have a ton of money. But I don't think the Phillies are getting Machado and Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees, maybe. How much flexibility do the Dodgers have? Can you imagine that outfield? Yeah. (laughs) And New York? It'd be ridiculous. Can you imagine that? Yeah. So you're talking about Stanton, Judge, and Harper? Well, one's DHing, right? You still need some speed in center, right? Well, I don't know. Harper could. You still have Gardner under contract, right? Harper could play. Heck, you're center. still paying Ellsbury. I guess it doesn't even matter if you're the Yankees. Well, can you imagine? I, I you think talk he gets super, paid. You talk about super teams <laughs> in the NBA? It'd be ridiculous, yeah. Be talking about an outfield right there that's. Beyond belief. I just I think somebody. I mean, heck, maybe it's the Nationals. You think about the relationship the Nationals have with Boros. Maybe it's the Nationals paying Harper big money for the next eight years. I think he signs a long term deal, but I think maybe six months ago, if you thought he was going to get like a ten year deal, just ridiculous term. That's what we that's what we thought at the time. Maybe he doesn't get that. He still gets the money on a yearly basis, but it's not ten years. Maybe it's more like five or six years. What do you think Dozier gets? If he hits Oof. the market. 
So he's what thirty one. Yeah, and he'll become well, and and you know you have to account for the fact that he very well still could get hot again second half like he oh, ordinarily sure. does. Yeah, I mean he normally does in the second half. The Angels will need a second baseman. Ian Kinsler is a free agent. The Red Sox could use him. Yeah, maybe. But I would look but at Troy the Angels too big of a wild card or the Dodgers. I mean the Dodgers can still use a second baseman. It's not like Forsyth is nope. is tearing it up. So <laughs> with the Dodgers and the Angels potentially in play. I think he gets fifteen million a year, doesn't he? Does he get more than that? No, no. I I think you think this, it's less than that. Yes, I think this. Mm. I think this is a different world. I think unless you are, and Harper would be the exception. But I really well, and Machado. Yeah, but I really believe that if you're not in that upper echelon of superstar players, that the the winter of two thousand and seventeen into eighteen redefined things. I don't think it's coming back. I don't think teams are going to throw and and. Darvish is now even more of the cautionary tale of that. So I really believe that you are seeing teams. I don't think it was just a blip. I think teams are now saying, if you're Brian Dozier, we'll pay you, but we ain't paying you what we paid guys like you five years ago. Here to me. I think the structure of how baseball's run has changed. Yeah. I mean, maybe when it comes to guys that are over 30, you certainly have a new wave of young general managers. So maybe they're coming to their senses. It doesn't make sense to pay any free agent, regardless of position, a ton of money. When they are 31, 32, 33. But yeah, certainly Harper and Machado being mid-20s, you know, those guys are exceptions. To me, on Dozier, the question is this. Do the Twins tender him a qualifying offer? I, if you do, or do you trade him here the next few weeks? If you tender him the qualifying offer, There's I a think decent you, chance he takes I it. I think you got him. Yeah. But is that the end of the world? If you have him next no. year, one year, $17.5 million. No, but I wouldn't I don't think that's a disaster. I wouldn't Gordon playing if... if, if is he, he ready? He finally hit a home run at AAA. He doesn't steal bases. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, look at the stat line for Nick Gordon. Well, he's not that fast, right? He still has a ways to go. And we're not even talking about the defense. The defense yeah. still has a ways to go. So, you know what? If Dozier's back next year mm-hmm. on a one-year deal, the qualifying offer, I don't think that's a wreck. I really don't. But Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA insider, joins us next. He is going to explain the Wolves' salary cap situation as free agency gets uh, set to start at 11 p.m. on Saturday. And also a game show to come. Mackie and Judd Doogie in for Philip today. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN.